94, because he lived.
I'm so glad this morning to know that he lives. Not lived, lives. There are some that believe he lived, but does not live. I believe he lives, and I'm thankful for that this morning. Uh, continue to uh, pray for each of those on our prayer request list, Sister Tawana, Sister uh, Donna Fay, uh, Sister Mary, uh, got more tests, um, remember her, also uh, Sister uh, Wanda this morning, Collins, remember her this morning as well, uh, Sister Gail's great, great nephew uh, is in Little Rock Children's Hospital, he was born uh, this week, this week or last week, and um, and uh, so they had to immediately transport him to Little Rock uh, with some issues. So do remember him in your prayers, Kayla. This morning, uh, her pain did subside, and uh, so she wasn't going to get into the ER. And then she went to the walk-in, and they were so packed out that she couldn't get in there. So. Uh, the best thing she could get was a virtual appointment tomorrow. Um, so do uh, remember that, Kayla, in your prayers. Uh, as we, She's been battling this for a little while, had an appointment in January. Uh, but remember that, Brother Bill Bynum, remember him and his knee surgery that he's had, him and Sister Joanne as well. Any others this morning? Remember that. Reed and Keith are both sick. Barbara's radiation, remember that. Definitely need to be remembering the loss. Anybody else? Unspoken. Amen. Stand with us this morning for ushers come forth today. Lord, we thank you today for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for your many blessings. Lord, asking you this morning to help us. Father, lead us, guide us, direct us, and draw us close to thee. Lord, I pray this morning, touch the hearts and lives of those who are sick and unable to be with us, dear God. Touch those, Lord, this morning, uh, Father, who are lost, dear God, and choose not, uh, Lord, to come and serve. Lord, we pray, Father, just anoint and touch in this time of year, Lord. There's a lot of traveling going on to and fro, a lot of folks, dear God. And Lord, we pray, Father, especially remember the health of our church, Lord, each member, dear God, help us through this time. We pray, Father, touch the family, Lord, of the officer who was uh, who had passed yesterday, dear God. We pray just help them, Lord. We pray in Jesus' holy name we ask, bless the offering, and amen.
seated. Page 52. I know it's not a Christmas song, but it goes real good with my thought this morning.
specials this morning. Anybody feel special this morning? You know, I said something in a message here a while back, and it's really kind of stuck with me a lot. And you can be turning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. But I said, uh, I am nobody to most folks but I'm somebody to the one who counts the most, and that's to God. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. I'm also somebody to those who love me, and I appreciate that this morning. And I would say this, that the devil doesn't like us thinking that we're anybody. You know, not out of pride or arrogance, but out of humbleness to realize this, that outside the grace of God, his great mercy, you and I would not even be here today. And yet through him and because of him, we are here. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, if you would stand with us this morning, we'll read a couple of verses and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Let me just read the, the, uh, uh, the fourth verse because this, this is where my thought's coming this morning. In chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God. We're talking about the man of perdition, the son of perdition. It said, Who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Father, this morning, I praise you. I thank you, Lord. I love you. I just ask you, Father, to help us, Lord, to do your will, to praise, worship, honor, and glorify your name. We'll thank you, Father. We'll praise you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I did it again, Brother Tupal. All right, I should be on. I've got to remember to turn that mic on. Let me just give you a little thought process to how we got to this point this morning. This is not what we studied on yesterday or read on. Um, it's not what we've looked at any time this week. It come to me this morning because I was kind of what you might call rushed around a little bit. And... Uh, it made me pray more this morning in that place. Whereas usually when we're down here on a Sunday morning, I can sit over there and I can take the things that I've uh, studied on through the week and, and the notes that I've, or the, the verses I've put out, I can put everything in place there. I can come over here and we'll get them printed off at some point in time if that's how the Lord leads. But I'm studying on this thought to the glory of God. And it's only found two places in your scripture, in the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke, in the pronunciation or the pronouncing of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so I was trying to find out to, to you know, the, how many times in the Word of God it says to, to, to give God glory. And it's not found in those simplistic words there that much in that. There's a lot of places, but the way I was studying it didn't there. And then I got to thinking about something else. I'd read earlier this week, and I don't remember exactly if it was a news article or what, or on Facebook and places there, and I've been uh, looking at some things about this time of the year, and it's always this time of the year when they start resurrecting nativity scenes that those that hate God show up, and they'll start putting things out. You know, we've got things now where they're trying to put the uh, Baphomet, and if you don't know who that is, it's basically it's Satan. Uh, but they're putting him next to Ten Commandments and so forth and so on in different places there. They're trying to get the Ten Commandment monuments removed, just like they are a lot of other things. But I, but I was reading this article, and it was from a wit, a Wiccan, somebody who doesn't believe in God, so to say. But I, I never figured out, if you don't believe in God, why are you so offended by him? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. If you don't believe it, I, I'll be honest with you. You can eat liver and onions all day long. It don't offend me none. I'm not eating it. Okay? That, that's real simplistic. If I don't like it or don't believe in it, in other words, you can say it's good, but I don't believe you. It doesn't offend me, though, that you do. But it seems like the lost, and I will say it a better way, not, not simply the lost, but those who are not only lost, but hate God and hate everything that God stands for, everything that Christ stands for, everything that the Bible stands for, everything that any born-again believer stands for if they're really following God, and any church that is really standing up as a church, they hate what they stand for. And they hate the power that they really do have when they put their faith and their trust in God. And that power is not, I can demolish you, it's that I can influence you. And influence actually is in the Bible. Not found as influence, but the Bible says that we shall be able to persuade men in the things of God. When we know the Word of God and study the Word of God and follow the Word of God and use the, live the Word of God, we're supposed to be able to convince other people that He's real, that He exists. That it's true and it's faithful. You say, well, brother, where are you going? Listen to me. <clears throat> so I'm reading the article. And in the article, it's talking about how that Christ wasn't born on December 25th. Hey, I, I get that. We don't know the exact day that Christ was born. We weren't there, and they didn't keep records at the time of this. As a matter of fact, had they knew exactly where Christ was, all the enemies of Satan uh, of God, rather, they would have tried to figure out some way to kill him, but God had everything planned out right. And so, you know, we, we celebrate it based upon other reasons. I'll just be honest with you. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ, the resurrection day of Christ, based upon other reasons. And it's not that we know the exact time of day, because I will be honest with you. If we knew the exact date in which Christ was crucified and Christ was risen, it would be different than having Good Friday and then that weekend following. So we know that these things are not set up on exact dates. But here's the deal. This person was getting really irate about the things that are going on. Just like you and I ought to be, when somebody says, 
have a happy holidays, you ought to say Merry Christmas. I'm telling you, church. Well, I don't want to be offensive. They offended me by taking Christ out of the fact. I'll be honest. When you sit down in a restaurant, pray over your food. Don't just engulf it, pray over it. We were sitting down at Westside Burger the other day, me and Netta. We sat down there. We blessed our food. We begin to eat. There's another couple come in, and they sit down in the table, catty corner of us. And I notice on the back of his hoodie, it said Benton County Cowboy Church. And there's a lot of cowboy churches coming up these days, but I've never been to one. But, but it said Benton County Cowboy Church. And we're sitting there, and we're eating. The next thing I know, him and his wife, they just lean over, and they're praying over their food. They're blessing their food. On the way out, the Lord said, tell him something. So I did. I nudged him, and I said, we can still pray in public, can't we? Absolutely. You know we can. I'm telling you, church, we got rights. And the more we do what God would have us to do, the matter the devil gets about it. I wasn't thinking about this until this morning. I, I really, when I was reading this article and this wicked person, wicked is wicked is the same thing. Wicked is wicked, all right? And so they're, they're, they're just griping about how Christians are using a Christmas tree, how Christians have decorations. And they start showing, and Caleb actually showed us a picture of all these things about what it is there and what they represent in Wiccan and, and how they are. And I know that we did not do this, church. It did not come into play until it come over here from Germany. It come into play by the Catholics because they were trying to get along with the wicked. Study your history. So I know the symbolism and the meaning of it. But for a long time, wicked people did not care. This is where it gets good. They did not care. Instead, they mocked. Because we had things that they celebrated and used in other ways. And, and they knew if they understood and stood their history and studied it back, spiritually speaking, we don't study a lot of times back into these things. But if they, when they did this as witches, as wiccans, as wizards, as those that, that the Bible tells us not to allow uh, to be around, but in any ways going on, he, when they look at it, they, they always thought how funny it is that we would do this. But now they're starting to get upset. I got to think to myself, why in the world are they starting to get upset? Satan knows his time is short. Amen. You don't believe it? I'm just here to tell you. We are closer to a judgment day than we realize. disturbed when we hear of wars and rumors of wars and, and I'm just going to tell you something church although we've heard them for a long time too there's something different in the air today than what there was a few years ago and it may be that God will give us a little more grace and something will change 
and, and we'll have more time. I'm not telling you that tomorrow it's over with. But I'm saying this, that as we look at time, we often are going to say, well, it's got to be today or it's going to be tomorrow. And then tomorrow or today it gets better. So we don't think about it. It's going to be till next month. But the devil understands something. He understands that as time progresses and he sees things happening, that his time is getting shorter. And now his people are getting offended. Because the more good you do, the more godliness you show, the more aggravated he is. Now, what does the Bible tell us that God will do in the last days? God will pour out his spirit upon his children. You, you know what? to close her ears. Brandon, I don't know about your parents. I ain't asking you. But my children are teaching their children that Santa is not real. Oh, there's a figure going around. And we taught our children the same thing, especially after our daughter came in there that she was upset. You've heard this before. She was not upset that the tooth fairy did not exist. She was upset that her parents had lied to her about the tooth fairy. After all, we're not supposed to lie. So the more people begin to teach their children the right things, the shorter the time gets, the more desperate Satan becomes. And I was thinking about this this morning. I thought, this, this is really not a Christmas message. We ought to be in closer to Christmas, right? This is not about the pronouncement of Christ, right? But yet it is about this, that they were getting weaned down enough to where there's going to be some folks starting to make some influences about who God really is. Churches that are, and I'll be honest with you, church, there are a lot of churches popping up today that have nothing to do with real Christianity, real godliness, uh, serving the true and living God from the word of God. They're popping up everywhere. But here's something else in this day and hour that we're living in. They're starting to get pointed out. People are starting to talk about them. And questions are starting to be raised. And people go, how is it that they could go to that place when they're not really serving God? Remember, the Bible says they would rather believe a lie and be damned than to believe the truth. They want to be comfortable in their pew. They want to be comfortable in their skin. They want to be comfortable in the life that they live. And you can't talk about sin today because that could be offensive. Sin is why you're going to hell. Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And we might as well say his name, church. Think about it. I, I, was, I, I just I, I love because he lives. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. 
I can face tomorrow. That I can face today too. Because he lives. I understand that. But do you realize today that the worship songs being created in a lot of places remove God out of it. Jesus is not in it. The comforters come. The, well, they don't even know who the comforter is today in a lot of places. They think the comforter is the guy who comes up and says, Hey, buddy, you're doing all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. But the devil knows better. He's smart, church. Why did the Bible say that the serpent was more subtile than any other creature? He's smart. I'm telling you. You can lead a cow into the chute. And you can slice her throat and her body. You can put a frog in a water bottle, swallow her, and be one the savior of all. Imagine you're going back and then you'll be bored. You throw her in a pot of hot water, she'll die. Listen to me. You say, Brother Ernie, what's this got to do with all this? Look at this very back. Go back to verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is coming. Period. When? The Bible says, No man knoweth the day nor the hour that our Lord doth return. I don't know, you don't know, and when somebody tells you they do know, all you got to do is mark it up, they're a liar. Period. They're a liar. And by our gathering together unto him, there are those who are going to be, as it says, caught up to meet him in the air. It's going to be a event like none other if we live to the day of the rapture we call it which is not found in the Bible but it means to be caught up if we live to the day of our caught upness we will it'll be a day like none other if we get caught up called up before we get to the caught up day guess what it's still going to be a day like none other for you for those that go on but, but here's the deal. It is appointed unto man once to die. The devil understands this, that you and I will either die individually as time goes on, or we will, this body will physically die at some point when it is separated from the spirit, and the spirit returns to God. 
But all those that die without Christ get to go where he is, going to ultimately end up. And that's what he wants. But God wants you and I to be with him. On the day that I got saved, the glory did roll. That's why I wanted to sing that song. And here's the deal, church. If I live as a Christian, I live my faith in Christ Jesus, the glory of God continues to roll. Why? Because it is shown through my Christian faith. It is shown through your Christian faith. If we live like we're supposed to, God is glorified. Jesus is exalted. The comforter is not stopped. The Bible says not to quench the spirit. So if we live the way we're supposed to, the spirit's not quenched. Happiness fulfills the air. Now going on. That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, neither by, by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Don't get troubled, church. Get happy. Now think about that for just a second. The church, and, and, and I'm trying to be real, real careful with but the church the true church of God, the body of Christ, the, the body that makes up uh, uh, the body of Christ, that those that really, and I'm going to say this carefully, that are really born again, not pretenders, pretenders aren't part of it, they're fakers, they're frauds, they're wolves in sheep clothing. They put on a Halloween costume, but it ain't got down to the heart. It ain't changed their mind. It hasn't affected their soul. They're just walking along, but they're not they're not getting along. When I say that they walk along with all of us, but they ain't getting along with God. Now think about that. You and I, we're we're on this we're on this path, we're on this road, we're 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 on our way. And here comes the devil. He gives us a false word. He gives a, a false gospel. He starts giving false churches. He starts giving false doctrines. And the next thing you know, people are they're confused. They, they don't stay the course. They don't stay the path. And, and then they go to the pastor and they say to the pastor, Pastor, why is this happening? We're, we're getting, this is scary. Why is this going on? And the pastor says, well, you know, December the 19th, 2003, guess what? There's still 24 hours in the day. Not knowing if God was right, you could have thought, might have just changed your future. Think about that. People have changed. Life has changed. So, so now they're shaken. Now they're disturbed. The Bible tells us not to be complacent in the world. Read on. 
hard to get rid of without shaving your head completely off. The funny thing is, is church has been on decline for a long, long time. Now, my Bible tells me in this next verse, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That's one part of that verse. There's a comma there. That's a scenario. The church has been on a decline. It's been going downhill. When I say this, this way, those, those that, uh, as, as far as numbers goes, those that are truly believing, those that are really believe the Word of God is the Word of God, that the Bible is entire, and, and there's nothing wrong with my Bible. And, I, and I'll say it again this morning because I'm going to reiterate it till the day I cannot reiterate it. If you got a KJV, hold on to it. It is the undefiled, undisputable, inerrant Word of God. The rest is a lie. Any book that tells me that Jesus was not in the fiery furnace is a lie. Any book that does not say that it, it, it does not say that that the gospel of Christ is the power of God is a lie. Any book that takes out there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one is a lie. Matter of fact, I'll go this far. Any book that does not say in earth and says on earth in the model prayer of our Lord is a lie. One word is enough to make whatever you're saying a lie. I went out the other day and I caught 25 
Let no man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come. Excuse me. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Can I tell you this church? It's going to be easy to see who the devil is. It really is. How do you know brother Ernie? Because here's what it is. Who opposes and exalts himself. Look at me. That's what the devil, he, hey. When I was a kid, when I scored a touchdown playing football, I wanted to be noticed. When I hit one out of the park, playing softball, I wanted to be noticed. When I was a high scorer on the basketball, high scorer on the basketball team, I wanted to be noticed. I scored a goal. There's a great big difference between those two. Now he goes on. And I'll read these and I'll close. I want to read down through here. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know with, with what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. 
For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he that now letteth will let until he taketh be taken out of the way. And then the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. See, see, whenever we say we read the back of the book, I find here in Thessalonians the devil loses. It's real easy right there. Whom the Lord, now look at that. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. This word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's stronger than any demon, any devil. It's stronger than any lie. It's stronger than any deception. And the Bible says if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them who do not believe and whom the God of this world, a little g, whom the God of this world has blinded the eyes of, lest they should see the glorious gospel of Christ and live. That's something to think about, church. Going on. And the wicked shall be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. It can't get no clearer, church. With all power and signs and lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they may be saved. The Bible tells us Jesus is truth. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. Now church, we, we would say, well that's just wrong that God would do that. But listen to me. The gospel has been preached for well over 2,000 years. It started with God in the Garden of Eden. Something that we don't think about a lot of times. But do you realize that when God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he did not stop talking to man. Read your Bible. And the word the Lord came. And the Lord came. And the Lord spoke. Or God spoke. And it keeps going on down through the ages there. And then one day we get to the New Testament and it says this. And the birth of Christ was on this wise. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Mary. John the, John the Baptist had the Holy Ghost inside of him. And he was preaching. God, God did not get silent and say, you know what? I'm done talking to man. I'm not going to talk to man after I kicked him out of the garden of Eden. No, for thousands of years, God kept talking. God kept talking. God kept talking. And then we get to the New Testament. And here's God. He says, you know what? I've been talking, but now I'm going to just come down there and talk face to face. Why did they try to kill Jesus? Because they knew that they could stop it all if they could truly kill God. Satan knew that. But you can't kill God. Satan knows that too. But he's insane. The definition of insanity, continue to do the same thing over and over again, thinking you're going to get a different result, right? 
if I, if, I, if I put my thumb on the table and I hit it with a hammer, it's going to hurt. And if I do it a second time, it's still going to hurt. And you may knock it to numbness, but it's still going to hurt. You may knock it to oblivion, but guess what? There's such a thing called phantom pain exists. It's still going to hurt. But the devil, he keeps doing it. But God shall send strong delusions. They won't believe the truth, so God will send them with strong delusions. They'll believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. While we often get discouraged by what we don't see, we ought to be encouraged by what we don't see. Say, how does that mean, Brother Arnie? Well, I, I, I woke up this morning and, and I really got to thinking about this. I've, I've been saying this for a long time. This church is not going to boom and grow and be an overnight success. And, and we're not going to have hundreds of hundreds of people coming here all of a sudden because they want to hear the gospel of Christ. Now, now God may spare us long enough and maybe the church would fill up again. Some I don't know. It may get to a point to where if we keep doing what we're doing, God will send folks our way because they want to hear the truth. And it might be that they'd fill up the pews and, and one day it could have. I don't know. But I'm just telling you this. It's not going to turn up tomorrow. People are not going to just wake up one day and decide that they want to hear KJV preaching and teaching. And they want to hear the hymnals being sung and, and hear about the old rugged cross and the amazing grace and, and, and how the blood has got power in it. They're, they're not going to do that. But it might be the longer we go, the more we get because if we stay faithful, God will bless us that way. But I'm just telling you this. On the same hand, I can look out and I can honestly say this morning, God is blessing. Why? Because while we don't have a bunch, we got faithfulness. We've got steadfastness. And we then should say this, because we see that what we got is blessed of God and ordained of God and wants to serve God, we ought to give God the glory for it. People rejoice when the house is packed. We ought to rejoice in knowing this, that while we ain't got numbers, we've got Him. And that's not to say that I don't want to see people saved. And I don't want to see our church peace filled up. I do. Absolutely do. But can I tell you, church, we start to mourn because of what we don't see in the numbers instead of glorifying God because of what we see in the truth. And the truth is what God has already said. There'll be more go to hell than the heaven. Think about it. Could be your loved one, my loved one, your neighbor, my neighbor. We got to be an influence for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're not, our hands will be filled with blood. But if we are, then their blood's upon their own hands. But again, going back to this, I was mad because of how that the wicked, wicked was pointing everything out and just being so mean, in my opinion. 
And then I had to stop this morning and rejoice because they wouldn't say nothing if they wasn't afraid of it. The influence of Christianity may not be the magnitude in which we think, but it's bigger than what we could even imagine when we truly live for the Lord. Because I don't have to say anything. God says it for me. Stop to think about that. I can say, I love Jesus. I can bow my head and pale my feet in public. I can raise my hand and say, thank you, Lord. I can get excited because I've seen somebody get saved or because they started carrying a King James Bible. And I, I mean, I can sing amazing grace, how great thou art. Oh, the glory did grow. I washed in the blood. I mean, all of these things here. And somebody might get offended by it. And instead of going, oh, I need to be quiet, they got offended. No, I need to say this. Thank you, Lord. They wouldn't be offended if it wasn't an influence. And we're living in a day and hour when they're trying to tell the church, the church, the body of Christ, the, the, the born-again believers who live it, profess it, striving to do it. And we're not perfect. But we're trying. And the more we try, the more upset they get about it. Every time somebody gets upset, the Bible says rejoice. Rejoice. They said, shut up and quit telling me that. That's all right, I'm going to pray for you now. I don't want to hear that. That's okay, I'm going to pray for you. Doesn't mean get up in their face and tell them they're going to hell and, and tell them how bad and miserable they are. But can I tell you something? If you say, you know what, I'm so glad that Jesus saved my soul. I, I, I'm so thankful for what God's been doing in my life. And they say, you know, I don't want to hear that. Just, just, okay. I know I need to pray for them. We're having an influence, church. The devil's getting mad. And while he used to be in the background and not saying a whole lot of things about a lot of things because he was in the background and instead he was working in the church trying to cause disruptions in the church. He, he was trying his best to, to, to influence people to go the wrong way instead of the right way. He's been in there uh, silently, I would call this, silently trying to uh, bring, make them powerless, make them non-influential, trying, trying to make them come down instead of staying up where God is. He's been trying to get, the, get them to come down to the where the world is. See, the church has become worldly and the world has not become churchy. That's what the devil's been doing. But there's still some who refuse and who resist and say, I'm not going that way. I'm not going to do that. And now the devil has got to the point to where he's like this. He's like, I'm going to start pointing you out. And I'm going to start ridiculing you. And I'm going to start trying to tell everybody what bad things you're doing. Hey, listen to me. Tell them that I used to lie. And I have since I've been saved. But you better tell them this too. God convicted me and I repented. When I got saved... I love my sister. I love her dearly. We lived together in the same house, and I got saved. And I used to drink. And I can remember going and opening the refrigerator, seeing the wine cooler in there, and saying, nope, I'm not going to drink that. 
then open it after I got saved because the brief time there I didn't drink but I got saved and I opened it up and I, I wish they wouldn't bring that in and you try to live right and my sister she loved me she still does I know she does but she used to go I say you know I'm not doing that well you used to the devil gets mad when you don't do the things you used to People get mad when you don't do the things you used to. And you start making them feel uncomfortable because now you want to do the things of God. How do you know you're doing the right thing? People say, well, you used to. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today we thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for your blessings the opportunity to be in your house this week. Lord, we praise you for each and every person that's here. God, how that you bless and touch and, and touch lives, Lord. I want to thank you this morning for answered prayers, dear God. Lord, we've had sickness and you've, you've made folks better. God, I know this time of the year, Father, there are many that hurt in ways that we can't imagine. We've not walked in the shoes they walked in. And I know, dear God, that we would say, to a lot of those things, we don't want to walk in those shoes. But God, you know this morning, those that hurt, you know the difficulties they're going through. But think nobody can help them like you can. There's nobody, Father, as good as you are, as comforting and as loving. So we ask you, Father, today, reach down and touch those at this time. Lord, those that are lost this morning, dear God, there's many, Lord, folks that are lost. And I know, Father, you said in your word, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life, to repentance. God, we pray this morning that they would do that. Lord, maybe some of us have been getting a little weak. God, I pray you strengthen us again. Lord, help us to be not only motivated, but to be motivators in service to you. Now we pray thee, Father, to lead us through the rest of the service, dear God, as we come to the altars to pray. Lord, let every heart seek what you would have them to be, have them to do. And pray for others, we ask. And we give you glory, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. Would you come this morning if you have a desire to pray for the dismissed?